our speaker for this evening, and uh, you guys are in for a treat. Um, I have I've heard Karina preach, um, who is one of our elders and one of our pastors. I've heard her preach, I don't know, three, four, five times, something like that over the years. Every single time, God uses her powerfully. She is very open and vulnerable, which, of course, does something to your heart. So I do want to encourage you to open your heart up and uh, receive what the Lord has through her tonight. And would you help us to honor Karina Lau? Hey, 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 oh my goodness, um, thank you Dana, where is she, where's Dana, oh, did she? okay, um, well, I'll just say that, um, oh, Moses, <laughs> Moses, um, okay, before Dana comes back, this is Moses, and I think he um, he was here when Todd preached last time, so he won't, he doesn't want to be left out. He's part of this is his home church now. He has a little um, he has a little hat now. The youth will appreciate this. He's kind of hipster now. You guys like that? They know what that means, hipster. And he has a little lion, so he has a little friend now. But yeah, he's our little he's our wildfire mascot. Yeah, so we thought he could join me tonight up here. Actually, I'm going to talk about Moses for a little bit. So, yeah, just excuse me. I've been working with the kids since June, so I could be a little silly and um, haven't been with big people for a while. So, yeah, that's Moses. But when Dana was sharing, um, I just felt the presence of God so heavy. Like, you know, you feel it during worship, and when the glory comes, well, the glory is in being real and transparent. Because I was sitting there, like, feeling God just as much as I was during worship. So let's just close our eyes, Jesus. Because I'm a, I'm a little presence piggy. I like the presence, so Jesus. <laughs> I promise I won't snort, hopefully. <laughs> Oh, thank you for your presence, God. We don't want to do anything without your presence or without you being here with us, in us and through us. So we just ask for an increase, Jesus. Let us feel your presence so thick in here tonight, God. Your very breath on us, your kisses. Thank you, Lord. Increase, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your presence is in all of it, in the worship, in preaching, in being real and vulnerable. Your presence rests on that. There is something to that. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Amen. Um, so we just came back, uh, Todd and I and our youth leaders just came back from Jesus Culture last weekend. It's a youth conference in Reading, and we had a really great time. God just really showed up, and um, isn't he? You know, for me, the more we go to these conferences, I lean over to Todd, and I'm like, I'm getting stuff out of this, but as Lonnie and Brent and Suzanne and Angela are talking about with KTSOS, you kind of just get to a point where you're just like, I want to see the next generation just get it. Like, I, I feel really full. There's always more, but uh, there comes a time where you're like, okay, let's just see them get it. And I just get so wrecked during worship. I just like, Todd, look at them just crying and just getting all touched. And that's the best part for me is seeing them get it. And, uh, yeah, so we did a, um, a little fire tunnel. Every year we do this... Um, our youth group, it's probably three years now, three three or four years now, um, 
on the last night, uh, the, our youth group like runs out and they want to do a little fire tunnel for everybody exiting the conference and they just start praying for them. And um, they're just all excited. This year, we, Todd and I were like, we're, it's really cold and, you know, we're kind of tired. Maybe we won't do it this year, but they can't help themselves. We, you know, the conference ends, we go out and we see them already and they're just like, okay, can't say no to that. They want to like, pour out. So we had this fire tunnel, and oh my goodness, it started out just just our youth group, and then it just went on and on down the convention center, and people were going through just, oh my gosh, getting so wrecked and getting healed and emotional healing, physical healing. I think there was a girl in our youth group that had a really injured knee, and God healed her knee in it, and yeah, there was a guy who had a cast, and he... He just took it off and started jumping around, dancing. And we were just like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, one of our leaders, Misha, do you mind if I tell this story? She was um, you know, just praying for people that were going through. Wave at us, Misha. There she is. She's so awesome. She was praying for this girl that came through, and she's like, I don't know. I just keep getting the word England, right? And the girl's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. I have applied to five schools in England, and I was asking God, if you want me to go to one of these schools, I want you to have someone say, England. I mean, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that cool? Just the accuracy. I mean, God just, do you guys feel it? We weren't here last week. We heard it was like one of the best times ever. You're like, oh, but we had the best time ever, too. I mean, I am just feeling major increase. And I, my spirit, like Brent was saying, I'm just so excited what God's doing. I'm just like, want to bust. I wasn't like this a few weeks ago, let me tell you, though. So <laughs> this, is, this is good. But um, I just wanted to play real quick. Um, if this works. I don't usually do a slides show, so be patient with me. Um, Todd will be my little techie here. But um, I was just, uh, I was at a training this last week, and uh, for some reason, teenagers came up in discussion, and everybody just started just bashing teenagers, and they were just like, oh, yeah, they're this and that, and they're just rebellious, and they were just, I was like, what? Almost like, not offended, but just, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I don't, I don't even experience that. Because we, Todd and I have two teenagers of our own, and they're just, they're so great. Like, people would warn us, wait till they're teenagers. And I'm like, yeah, I've waited, and this is great. This is the best thing ever. I love having teenagers. And um, so it's all about perspective really, and what you're seeing. And I just wanted to play a clip of my perspective when we were at Jesus Culture. We'll see if this works. Oh, I always forget to say point. Oh, no. We need sound. So do it over, right? Wait. Yeah, like I said, excuse me with like all this stuff. I'm like, I don't even know where to point this thing. (laughs) Should I do it now, Jim? So this was up on the balcony at the convention center. This was my view, what I got to see. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Come on. No sound? That's okay. Thunder in there. It was crazy. Yeah, so good. Awesome. 
Yeah, isn't that awesome? That was my view. That's my perspective of what God's doing with teenagers today. Crazy, wild, passionate, just going for it. We were up on the balcony and it was like, oh, this is going to collapse any minute now. Like, it was kind of scary, but they were just praying for each other and just loving God. And you just got to be around the right people and your perspective changes. So um, this is uh, just a picture. I'm just saying a few things before I get to my message. But this is just a picture that God kept showing me. I kept seeing like cherry blossom covered bridges for this year. And um, so I found this cool picture on, um, yeah, I Googled it. And so I just felt like the Lord was saying, this is a year of reconciliation and restoration for us. And I'm Japanese, so this was like pretty special to me that there is just this bridge that God is just bridging the gap and new beginnings. So I just, I bless all of you with just restoration and, um, yeah, just stepping into your destiny. Um, I, I'm so encouraged just tonight by Dana sharing and just God set up. You know, I always say there's no coincidences, only kisses. And the last time, I haven't shared for a while, but the last time I shared, Dana shared. And she was just very real and vulnerable, and it kind of gave me more courage, too, to just go for it. And then just so many things lately, like on um, January 8th, I was preparing a Bible study for some ladies at a shelter, and I was kind of doing it last minute, and I felt to talk about new beginnings. And then Nancy Marco um, posts something on Facebook about, this is January 8th, the day of new beginnings. And I just said, God, you are so in every detail, every little thing. Like He's so in it. And even what I'm going to share tonight, um, I'm going to share about the heart of justice uh, this is January is the month of um, human trafficking awareness and all and I didn't I didn't plan any of that when I was talking to Brent about when we, I was going to share like God is just he cares about every little thing and every detail of your life he he's just set you up and I just encourage you all to just keep looking for those kisses because they are there um, Another thing the Lord was speaking to me about this was just um, a bridge to deeper intimacy. And the vehicle for that was vulnerability. And, you know, I don't like that word. (laughs) Honestly, I'm like, that doesn't feel so good. Vulnerability, just, I don't have gushy feelings around that word. It it feels painful to me. It's just, it's not convenient. It's not comfortable, but here we are. Here we are. And God is just like, that is the doorway to intimacy, is being real with me and vulnerable. And poor Todd, I mean, I don't know. I was just, <laughs> like, I was a mess for a while. <laughs> you know what, you know, honey, he's being nice. But I was just, a big mess for a while like I would just cry over nothing just always crying Um, I was looking for a job and I hadn't had to look for a job in like 10 or 11 years because I was with this same family with something I was doing and it was not fun (laughs) like it brought up all my stuff like you're inadequate you're you know, you're not qualified for this or that. And then just having to boast about myself, like, oh, you should hire me. Like, I am just the best thing. And that is so not me. Like, I, I just like, God, why do I have to do this? But there's something, there was definitely something in all of that, that God was just healing some wounds. And it just felt like... um I cannot get away from just being stretched. And, you know, I used to be able to just take the easy way out and, um, you know, just kind of, let's just do the easy thing. But 
God has just been challenging me so much to <laughs> just keep going and um, taking those risks like they are with KTSOS, just being daring, taking risks, and applying for things that I don't even know why I'm applying for. But my friends all are here. They all prayed for me, and I was like, I wasn't getting any response to applications. I was like, nothing. I thought, oh, yeah, prayer, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> and, you know, you forget sometimes. Prayer actually works. So I sent, you know, an email. Please pray for me, guys. I'm feeling this. I'm not kidding. 20 minutes later, I got, um, I started getting emails and phone calls. Like, within a week, I had about 12 potential employers, like, we want to hire you. We want an interview. And I'm like, oh, yeah, ask for prayer. But <laughs> it's so good. So I just encourage you. God is just, he's, he's in it. And if you're unemployed right now, I just bless you for the best job ever. And I also want to encourage you to step out of your comfort zone. I really, really, I feel that so strong, not just because he's doing that with me, but that it is time to step out, to get away from what you've been doing. Maybe that just feels real convenient. And God is going to really meet you there. He really is, I promise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Um, I love how Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, he says, I came to you in weakness and fear and trembling. <laughs> my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And, you know, we think of Paul as... Oh, Paul, who has amazing revelation, but he says, I come to you with fear and my weakness and in trembling. And then God shows up in his strength. I mean, there is really something on that. So, yeah. Um, here we go. I'm going to talk about the heart of justice, something really close to my heart. And I love this picture. So in Exodus 14... I'll just go ahead and read it. It says, um, Moses, Moses, the deliverer. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will not see again. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. So, the word, um, I thought it was really cool, the Hebrew word for salvation in that passage um, is a term that means room or space. So, oh my goodness. So here you have the Israelites who are under this intense pressure and squeezed with water before them and an army behind them. And the Lord says, here is salvation to relieve that pressure. And I've been feeling, has anybody else been feeling stretched or squeezed lately? <laughs> ah, yeah. Well, here comes salvation to relieve that pressure from you. Yeah, I'm, I've been feeling it just in the last few weeks, but I just was feeling so tense and just like pressed in on every side. But salvation comes and relieves you. Um, Moses... He, um, the most unlikely guy, God says, you are going to be my deliverer and you are going to remind the people who they are, where they're going and that I'm going to fight for them. He's going to fight for you. Um, so why do bad things happen? We talk about justice and how we view God will determine how we perceive natural disasters and other tragedies on the earth. So um, whenever the, I found out about the, the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School, which, you know, it was on the news constantly, and I'm like, God, we still need to pray for these families, even though it's, you know, we don't, it's not being talked about as much. I 
you know, of course my first response is, oh, compassion and just my heart just absolutely broke, like intense more than more than other things. Anybody else? More than other things you you hear on the news. But I was just kind of surprised by my next response, which I was really angry. <laughs> like something rose up in me, which I don't usually, you know, I don't usually get all that. But I was just like, who's going to pay for this? Like somebody has got to pay. This is not okay. And I just had to take that to the Lord. Like, God, this is not all right. And he was so gentle and sweet. And he's like, I, you know, I'm still good. Even when you don't understand, I am still good. He's always good. So God just began to have me ask him what he wants to do about this injustice. What do you want to do, God? And what is your part in it? Um, it's really important, you know, when things happen, like you really just stay present with people. I'm, I'm always that kind of person. Like I'll just sit and cry with you. And I have friends that will do that for me and just stay present. And then, um, God will begin to give you the answer. So there, sometimes it's just staying present for a long time, but part of the answer sometimes is just praying, you know, just pray. That's all you can do is pray. Um, I have heard messages or people talk about justice, and I always kind of feel like mostly I've just heard, okay, um, justice is just, you know, anger, and God just judging the sins of men and women, and he's just angry with us. You know, he wants, he's going to execute justice on the earth because he's mad, you know, and kind of just surrounding all the social issues, like I've heard stuff on justice about that, but I've never really heard anything too much about the heart of justice. So that's what I wanted to talk about because there is that bra, you know, like, yeah, justice, but it is really restoration. That's the heart of justice is restoration. I don't know if you guys can see this, but this is a quote by A.W. Tozer, and it says, Justice is not something God has, but it's something that he is. He doesn't have justice. He is justice. Um, so it can kind of sound like this really, um, people throw it around a lot, ju the word justice, and it sounds really broad and, you know, kind of hard to define. Like you hear maybe that it's... Um, we associate it with punishment or with revenge or with God's wrath, um, his, you know, just anger. Um, but it's so much more than that. It's, well, it's actually, it's not that at all. <laughs> Sorry. It's not that. Um, he is a God of love. And you, when you think about Jesus and you say, Jesus is my friend, he's my savior, he is... Um, my beloved one, all this ooey-gooey stuff, but you don't really think, Jesus is my judge. Like, oh, Jesus, you're my judge. Oh, I love you as my judge. <laughs> because it has such a negative connotation, like judge. But he has judged in your favor. You hear Pastor Brent say that. He's judged in your favor. His judgments are righteous and true and for you. He's so for you. So let me just kind of define what I think justice is or what God kind of told me it was. Justice is the restoration of everything that violates love. It's making all things right on the earth. It's not anger. It's not punishment. It's not any of those things. It's him making all things right. It's, he is justice. Christ's blood shed for us is justice for us. He justified us through his shed blood on the cross. Justice is not just for the victim. Justice is all mankind, every single one, perpetrator and all, all mankind, fully restored, whole, complete, fully acquitted, and that tweaks us a little bit, fully acquitted and 
Justice is salvation for everyone, for all, 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 all. And God's, you know, going to deal with our heart on that one sometimes for the all. He took your place in court, and all charges against you are now void and null. Done. Done with. No charges against you anymore. Kind of like with KTSOS. No more. You don't owe us anything. God's, that's what Jesus does. He's like, everything, any charge against you, over with right now. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that. Um, But... I want to just mention before all of that, that raw, that justice begins here in our heart. Like justice has to happen right here in our heart right now because, you know, sometimes you just feel like I'm falling apart. Like I am in a million pieces right now. How are you going to put me back together, Jesus? I need justice here in my heart. Like he says in Colossians, he holds all things together. He holds us together. Every part of us that feels like we are just losing it, he holds us together. Justice is being wholehearted. So let it happen here first. Let him just come and just remove everything in the way that tries to violate love piercing here in your heart whether it's lies you're believing, like we talked about during the transition, lies you're believing, pain. Jesus wants justice more than anything out there right here. So God, just, yeah, let it just go deep right now in our hearts, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He became justice for us. He lives and breathes it. In Psalm 45, it says, He rules with justice he sits on it he sits on justice he's enthroned with it i'm saying justice a lot because it's kind of like you know that scripture in psalm like where grace is poured upon your lips there's just something for me anyway when i say it that just releases you know just god's salvation out there so um it's kind of funny. Todd and I have seen justice in our lives, like in some really amazing, good, crazy ways. And sometimes we kind of laugh when people will like say to us, Oh, you know, you guys are just seem like you have it all together and (laughs) all that. You guys are just your little family and you have the dog and all that. And we kind of laugh because we know like we have some struggles and we know where we've been, and just for some comic relief, I'm going to have Todd come and share something real quick. Come on, honey. Um, just because you need to have a vision for, um, you're in the middle of some things, and sometimes you just need to have vision for where God's taking you, and maybe things may seem like, you know, great for us now, but we have some really funny, crazy stories. I mean, we were just talking about it today, and we we just, you get to a point where you just get to look back and laugh. We weren't laughing at the time, but <laughs> there's just been some, God has really brought justice in some ways in our lives, but just thought for comic relief, it's pretty funny to hear about the way things were when we lived in Missouri, so go ahead and tell them a few things. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. We living living here in Pleasanton is just still crazy to us because when we were teenagers, Pleasanton, we lived in Pinole. You know what Pinole is? Anybody? It means corn mush. It is. It, it mean it's Native American for corn mush. <clears throat> and um, and Pleasanton was way out there, and that was that rich place. We'll never live in a place like that. And uh, and so you know we live here now, and some people think that we because the way we um, carry ourselves maybe or you know whatever we've you know some people have thought that we are like wow they have everything you know they got all that stuff I don't you know we we've had funny comments but but um, you know well <laughs> yes God has redeemed some things and we. We moved to Missouri. We moved to Missouri from the Bay Area uh, when we you know, about a year into our marriage. We 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 loaded up our friends like brand new Jeep Cherokee and and um, and uh, and a trailer. We pulled up with all of our 
everything we owned, we pulled it with his brand new Jeep Cherokee. He was, he was out there too in Missouri. And on the way there, we had this horrific car accident where the trailer fishtailed and took us with it. We rolled and rolled in the median in the middle of the freeway. Um, uh, it was, it was horrible. It was the most terrifying thing. All of our furniture, everything there, it was gone. Everything. So when we came to Missouri, we had nothing. Um, except our son, by the way, was a month old uh, in that accident. He was in his car seat, um, you know, and there's no way a month old is going to get out of a car seat. But when we landed sideways like this on the driver's side, and when we finally realized what just happened, we started screaming and digging through stuff looking for him. Found his car seat, but he was in it, but it was filled with glass. <clears throat> and um, he was ra rather, he was laying on the door, and another little in-the-house seat for the baby had fallen over him and cupped him from all the stuff that fell. So even though it felt like, oh my gosh, you know, we just, we just lost everything. We didn't, <laughs> you know, we, there wasn't even a scratch on him or us. It was weird. But we got to Missouri with, with nothing, and then we learned redneck life really fast. <laughs> we did. <clears throat> we rented a few places. We, um, we were... And, and some of this was, at the time, it just felt so heartbreaking, but we were in this, like, we rented this one trailer <laughs> that, modular home, sorry, yes, <clears throat> modular home, yeah, that, that, um, that we can't, you know, like it, when it rained, there was water coming down the chandelier of the table and water coming all down into the house, the well ran dry while we were there, um, just horrible stuff. Josiah, huh? Oh, I'll get to that one. Oh. Josiah, uh, in, while we were in that house, Josiah had um, swallowed a bolt. And we did, we did so many emergency uh, trips with Josiah. Another time, he, he swallowed a necklace and um, a charm. And we took him to the hospital. And they're like, well, the x-ray shows this. And you, it looked like he was wearing it. It was in his esophagus. <laughs> Actually, actually, they said, oh, we didn't, well, I don't know, we didn't really see anything, but we do see this charm here. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, all this without, without money, we didn't, I mean, we didn't have insurance for this stuff, you know. So we're like, yeah, everything, we, everything that happens to us is just, you know. And then, finally, we were able to get enough money together to buy our own trailer. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> So we go to this trailer park and we we pick out a spot. We're like, that's a nice spot because it's away from everybody. And we didn't know how sloped that spot was when we picked it. But when we got to it after they set it up, like one end was about this high, but the other end was taller than me. And um, so we felt every little wind, every everything. Um, all, but by the way, I mean, you know, there's little blips of justice all through there too, where. Like one night a tornado came through and just tore up our neighbor, all of our neighbor's houses and, and yards and stuff. And it sounded like a lion, but we were praying. We were, it was horrifying, but we were praying and the next morning, everything in our house, ours was the tallest one and everything was just fine. Not even one of the kids' toys in the yard was moved. It was weird. Uh, but, you know, during this time also, we, um, you know, after a while, every time you open up the dryer, we're like, what does that smell right now? What's going on? Until finally we realized that the pipes coming from the toilet had broken and was dumping everything. You know, all of our, you know, past several months dinners, breakfast, lunch, breakfast, lunch, under the laundry room. <clears throat> costs like thousands of dollars, you know, to fix that. And um, I mean, this thing went on and on. Like we were driving down the freeway one day uh, in our little car. And um, was our only car or whatever? And we're driving down the freeway and all of a sudden, you know, bam, the hood just flies up, slams the windshield and then flies off into the forest. We never saw the hood again. And, um, and then, so we parked the car... Uh, in front of our house without a hood, but then it snowed that night and it, it destroyed, yeah, and it destroyed the engine. So that, 
Well, let me, let me just put it this way. Like a few months later, while that was still sitting in our driveway, we looked out and saw all the stuff we've been storing in it, and we went, oh my gosh, we have become redneck hillbillies. <laughs> We're using the broken car as a storage unit out of our house. Yeehaw! Yeah. So, and, 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 and I'm only telling you just a fraction of these things. <clears throat> and, and all the while we're in show business and, you know, and our friends from California were like, gosh, you guys are actors, singers, and dancers in these shows and you should be rich, huh? We worked for Andy Williams and we would go perform on stage, but then we'd go clean the toilets in between the shows, you know? And you didn't get paid all that much for that kind of stuff. And um, uh, anyway, all that time, we there were times though we would cry. What have we done wrong? And how come we're always poor? And me as the husband, you know, I would I would really I'm like I'm an infidel. I'm not preparing. You know, I'm not providing for my family. And we we thought things would never get better. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Todd. We can laugh now. And that, yeah, that should encourage you if you feel like you're in a rough place. Like, come on. Yeah, believe in God even just for a dishcloth. Yeah. <laughs> this is a quote by um, David Batstone. He um, he started Not for Sale, which is um, most of you guys know what Not for Sale is. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it says, "Pulling drowning people out of the river is compassion." But we have to walk upstream to solve the reasons they are falling in. That's justice. I love that. That is good. Um, that's really good. So I'm always interested in why. Like even if it, a young person comes to me and they're like, I'm struggling, I did this, or I feel like doing that, and they might be surprised when I don't want to focus on that. I'm like, okay, well, what led to that? What's going on underneath there? What um, what area of your life do you need to really experience Jesus in? And then that's where the healing begins. So I love this, this quote. Um, there is a difference between justice and compassion and mercy, but yet mercy and justice go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. It's like the lion and the lamb. You need both. They're, they're inseparable. In James 2, mercy triumphs over judgment. So before that, James says, we are judged by the law of liberty, Jesus's, which is Jesus' death on the cross. So justice was his job. Was, is, that's God's job. And um, judgment was God's job. And justice, we get to be active participants in that because we have authority and He's like, I just want you to go shout it out to everybody. Um, so I kind of look at mercy as the fuel, and then justice is the vehicle. So mercy is like the pouring in, the filling, the you know, filling up, right? Like maybe you go out and you know you help somebody, or you bring clothes, you know, you just help people. That's mercy, and then justice takes you where you need to go. So you need, you need both, but you need fuel to drive the car, most cars, right? So they go hand in hand, mercy and justice. It's good. So you are the answer that the world is looking for. You're the answer, right? Yay, we get to be the answer. You cannot um, give out mercy or justice from a place of guilt or obligation. Like, that's not going to work at all. If you just feel guilty, like those um, animal cruelty commercials, like, they're just like, oh, gosh, I didn't feel this before, and now all of a sudden I have to go save every dog on the street. Like, ah. You just start crying. Even if you don't like cats or dogs, you just, like, feel guilty. That's not God's heart. <laughs> Jesus went to the cross for what? For a relationship. Because he wanted, he has passion for his bride, right? So your job, you just get to be ambassadors and then just go shout out to the world what he's done for you. 
Um, you extend grace and mercy and justice from a place of being a son or a daughter and knowing your authority. It, it's not out of guilt or obligation. It is, like for me, it's an honor. It is a privilege. It comes out of overflow. I don't, you know, ever want to do anything because I like, oh, I should. I mean, what if Jesus was like that? Well, you know, I should really love them, but... That doesn't feel so good. He wants you. He wants you. He desires you. So everything comes from a place of overflow. Overflow. I love this scripture in Amos. I don't, I don't know how I found one in Amos. I never read Amos, but it's Amos 5.24, and it is good. It says, let justice roll down like water. Let it roll down like water. And righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Doesn't that just sound like easy? It doesn't sound like forced or, or anything. It's just an easy flow. It's natural because Jesus, he, he is justice. It's in his DNA. Um, my dad is like Mr. Like fighting for people's rights. He's like... Um, president of a postal union and he's always you know and then he's always like he might fight for like seals rights or birds right everything you know anything he could think of but the heart of it at all is he wants to root for the underdog and I didn't really make that association until I was like oh wow that's how I am too like I'm like my dad I'm always like was I'm always rooting for the underdog in a movie or whether I'm, you know, my jobs, like working with special needs kids or trafficked women, like I'm always, you know, wanting for the underdog to like win, you know, so you, you look like your dad, but it's not like you're even trying. It's just who you are. The other thing I wanted to um, kind of say about this, about the justice thing is just to kind of just silence the voice of um, fear and intimidation whether you know it's in your workplace or whether whatever however God's using you in this area to just bring um, salvation or justice um, that you would look at Goliath and not be intimidated by this big what appears to be big and scary because Goliath is just hurting <laughs> Goliath is just like scared little boy on the inside. He's not this big, scary monster. So, yeah, Jesus, I just pray right now that whatever that Goliath looks like for us individually in our life, that you would just come and just bring healing (laughs) and that we would not be intimidated with Jesus, that fear would not grip our hearts, God. Thank you, Lord. I, you know, I can't watch, like, the daily news for entertainment. I'm, I'm one of those people, like, if I watch the news for a while, I'm like, what? No. Not on my watch. Like, that's not okay. Not on my watch. Like, I, I, I can't just, like, get ready in the morning, and I, so I don't watch it that much. But I'm like, what, 27 million people in slavery? That's not okay with me. That's not all right. Or the statistics that Dana was sharing earlier about abortion that's that's not okay with me so jesus he's he's a i love this picture or blazing fire picture he he's like fierce and violent he he comes with a sword on his side with justice he carries justice in his heart and with just that fierce fiery burning love he comes and he's like i am going to just remove everything that hinders love, and I am going to make all things right on the earth. That's, what, that's who he is. He is a man of, of love, and he's like, I'm going to war against all that. Like, that's not okay. I mean, justice can look like Rob. I mean, it can also look like gentle peace. Just in worship, you are changing the atmosphere just in that place of just resting in his presence. Um, one area just that I wanted to be, you know, kind of just vulnerable about 
where I feel like the Lord, I really saw justice in my life was when I was 14 years old, I was raped. And the pain isn't really even there anymore. Like even when I say that out loud, you just kind of get to a place where it's like, oh yeah, God has healed my heart so much that the sting isn't even there. Like even saying it sometimes you're like, oh, that, that was me like years ago, the, the, like almost the old man sort of thing. But I was able to forgive him. And can you just imagine like as if the actual event wasn't enough, but just living a lifetime of unforgiveness and bitterness, like that's even more, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to compare it, but that's just not, that's not all right. You know? Um, so being able to forgive him just brought destruction to the enemy's camp. Like she can forgive. And what I want to say about that is it's not, we say this in Sozo, like forgiveness is not saying what happened or what they did was okay, but it's just releasing Jesus to deal with him. And <laughs> he's so good. Like his way of dealing with it is so much better than how I could deal with this because his idea of justice is salvation and transformation. I mean, I actually pray that for this man. He would know Jesus. That's his idea. And that's where, um, you know, we can get a little tweaked because God is not partial in extending mercy. He's not, he doesn't show favoritism. He's not partial. And that's a little unnerving to us sometimes. Like, have you guys seen Les Miserables? I don't know if you've seen that. You know, we saw the play too. It's a really good story, but you know the the story the main the main guy Javert the policeman the prison guard he just was so convinced that the thief Jean Valjean could not be a changed man he's like i'm going to spend the rest of my life making sure he pays you know but god did not see him as a thief anymore that was like way forgotten god's like i see him as my son as someone that is transformed, he's not a thief. He's changed on the inside. So, um, yeah, God just asks that you just deal with our hearts in any ways that it's difficult for us to really understand that you um, extend mercy to to everyone, not just to us. Thank you, Lord. Um, so I'm not saying that. Do you want to say something? Only have like ten minutes. Sorry, but I, I, I'm thinking about the okay. craziness that I just shared. But I was thinking this too. Uh, this is an important key. During all those crazy things, during the time where this, this, you know, in this movie too, where the where the guy is hunting down uh, Jean Valjean, you know, there was positive confession over him from the priest in that movie. If you've seen that movie, you should go see that movie. Uh, but during all that stuff that we were facing and all the funny things, we, we did keep our confession like God is going to bring justice to us. And God, God says this and God, you know, um, prospers us even as our soul prospers. And so we made sure that our soul did prospers. That's a huge part of that story too, by the way, that brings justice. Thank you, honey. That's good. I do that to him all the time at youth group. Oh, let me just add on to that. So that's what I get. No, that was really good, honey. That was really good. <laughs> So justice doesn't just take you from victim to survivor. That's not his plan. Heaven's justice takes you and seats you with princes ruling and reigning with Christ. That that's the cool thing is it it doesn't take like if you're sick and you get healed, like that's not the end there. Justice is now you are going to be the healing revivalist. You're going to heal AIDS, you're going to heal cancer. It doesn't stop there. Dana, you know, you're going to not only get healing in your heart, what you shared, but you're going to go and you're going to help other women. So come on, that's good. Yes. Yes. That's justice. Um, I'm reading this biography on Nelson Mandela, which is so good. And he, he talks about, you know, his life or the, uh, the um, I'm sorry, the author talks about 
his life in prison. And he said of all the, the teachers in his lifetime, he had great teachers. Of all of them, the greatest teacher of all was his time in prison. That was his greatest teacher that he learned um, diligence. He learned focus and how to be a good leader. He learned um, that he couldn't control anyone else. He, all he could control was himself. And he's like, it, it taught me how to be a full human being in prison. Like, and so God takes that and just, he's like, I'm going to use your time in prison and catapult you to set the enslaved free. And, you know, you're going to, he said, I, I think he said that he wanted his South Africa to be a symbol of reconciliation. I'm like, okay, okay. God, you can use anything. So what does it look like? Because um, it all can sound kind of vague, justice, and like, how does it apply to me? What does it look like in everyday life? So I just want to give you a few examples. Like, for us, we had, you know, our house was robbed, burglarized a few years ago now, and we, like, just everything was stolen. And so justice is not, oh, I'm going to replace everything. Justice says... I'm going to give you an upgrade. For me, I was like, okay, God, if I get a say in this, then I want whoever did this to get saved. Like, I want them to know you, Jesus. That is justice for me. It, it looks like a friendship being restored that was broken. It looks like a marriage that was hopeless reconciled. It looks like someone that is an orphan resting in, now resting in the spirit of adoption, um, it looks like, you know, there's so much poverty. It looks like a nation experiencing famine, experiencing supernatural abundance, like the total opposite. It looks like your child, you know, is not walking with God or doesn't seem like they are totally wildly, madly in love with God and, and walking in the fullness of their destiny. That is heaven's justice. It's not just the one step. God takes it and like, okay, let's take you way further than you could imagine. Um, the other thing I want to say too is like for me, it doesn't always look like raw, like like this huge thing. I um, I have such a heart for women and young girls that have been victims of sexual trafficking and um labor trafficking, and so for me, I will go to the shelter and I will just cook a meal for them. We decorate Christmas cookies. I, I took one girl to, she wanted to go to Forever 21, and she like was just you know a kid in a candy store looking at necklaces. Like, It's not always just something so far out there. It's just sometimes just being family. It's not like, oh, I gotta be a superhero now. It's my little what looks like just like nothing, Christmas cookies, like that doesn't look like anything, but to God, it's something. That is justice. So I just want to encourage you, like you don't have to like, well, you can go out and change the world, but it may not look like what you think. It might just be decorating Christmas cookies with with someone that really just needs to laugh for a little bit. So just let me encourage you guys with that. Yeah, almost done here. Um, there's another quote I think this is by David too from Not For Sale and he says when you tell yourself that there's nothing you can do this is personal for me but to arrest the global slave trade then you underestimate your own potential and abandon hope for those trapped in captivity you yeah (laughs) that says it all like don't don't let anyone tell you that your little something is nothing. What feels like little something is nothing. Like you each, just being who you are, just being here tonight, like you are bright, shining lamps. So I just want to encourage you with that. Why were you put here, you know, on the earth? Do you ever ask yourself, like, God, why am I here right now at this particular time in history instead of, kind of just being overwhelmed by craziness out there. Like, why am I here, right here, right now? What what do you want to do in and through me? Like, I'm not just here to take up space. 
we're, you know, of course, first and foremost, we're here to just receive his love. You have to get that here, justice here in your own heart. But why else after that? Like, what, what is it, Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Um, I'll just share real quick this, this little girl. She so touched my heart. And I think I, I did put, uh, I sent out in the weekly email I shared about her, Vivian. I met her. She has a little lemonade stand. Her little something is lemonade. She saw a picture of two young boys carrying these giant rocks on their head in Nepal, little nine-year-old brother, brothers, I believe. They were holding hands, and she saw that picture, and she found out that they worked 12 hours a day. They didn't get to go to school. They just worked. And she's like, that's not okay with me. That's not all right. So she's like, I'm going to start a little lemonade stand, and I'm going to raise, she's raised $100,000, I think over $100,000 selling lemonade. (laughs) And I'm going to give all the proceeds to free slaves little children that are working in a, you know, other parts of the world that I will never see, I'm going to make lemonade. She was in Times Square selling her lemonade. She's on the news. Um, she's met tons of people. She's going to have a series, a Disney series, where they're going to feature her. Lemonade. That's what she said. Like, I, I don't know what else to do, but I'm going to do something with what I have, you know, like the fish and loaves. I'm going to do something. She so encouraged me. Like, during the, this conference we went to, we met like we met amazing people, yeah. But this little girl, she touched me the most because she's like, "I'm going to take what I have and do something. I'm going to bring justice with my lemonade." <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah, Jesus. As we um, yeah celebrate Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday on Monday, what a time! It's just so timely. This whole thing about justice. He says, what, but we refuse to believe that the bank of justice is bankrupt. And so we've come to cash this check. Yeah. A check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. That is a good, good word. Um, you can have, someone can give you a check and you can have that check just sitting in your wallet without really, you know, for years. You can have a check in your wallet for years without ever reaping the benefits of that check. You have to cash it in. So this is, this is you know, our part. And I, just go ahead and stand, because I know you guys are probably tired of sitting. Stand, and we're going to do something fun in a second, so you're going to wake up here. In one minute, two minutes, I'm going to have you guys go pick up your children, too. Our awesome teachers down there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So ah, just go ahead and, and put your hands out in the position of receiving. Jesus, thank you. We just choose to believe that the check is in our bank already. You've deposited the check and that we could receive right now Upon demand, the riches of freedom in every area of our life, God. The wealth and resources, everything that we need, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you've already given to us. And it's just a matter of believing that we have it. Cashing in our check right now, Lord. So whatever that looks like in the spirit, we cash in our check. And we just say, God, thank you for what you're giving us. Thank you, Jesus. We believe you that we get to receive our inheritance. Thank you, Lord. And we just ask right now, Jesus, that you would show us whatever it is, just maybe be a little something, what our part is. Why are we alive right now? Why did you put us here now, Jesus, this time in history? What is it, God? What do you want to do in and through us, to bring change, to bring justice, to extend mercy and compassion to others, God. Thank you, Lord. We don't want to just go about wandering, not knowing what direction to take, Lord. We want clarity, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So just stir up fire and passion in our hearts, Jesus. 
Thank you, God. We don't want to stay complacent. We don't want to stay in that comfortable, seemingly comfortable place, God. Even if it is a little, um, even if we feel stretched or challenged, God, it is so worth it. We want the more, Jesus. We want the more. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, so um, I'm going to go ahead and ask the parents if you just go ahead and get your kids. I know because I